Hello everybody, we are back for Symptoms of a Dying Empire. This is episode two of the Jeff Berwick's series and his new book. So, All Empires Fall, the history books will clearly show that America was an empire, was past tense. They might not call it such, but for a long time, the United States has demonstrated all the characteristics of a modern empire, including uncentralized government, a strong military, a dominant position in the global political theater, and American imperialism, extending political, economic, and cultural influence and control over areas beyond its boundaries, also referred to as economic coalition. It is tempting to assume that empire building was really only a distant part of human history or a, rel or a relic of an almost forgotten time. But the reality is that most people have been living through the gradual destruction of the largest empire history has ever known, the British Empire, as well as the massive expansion of the American Empire. Some people will be able to say that during their lifetime they were witnesses to the end of both. Empires, governments, and countries rise and fall for the same reason, the thirst for power. If the love of power is the root of all evil, then greed is the seed. Most emperors believe they are the gods of men. Their arrogance and hunger for wealth and power are the reason they rise and progress, getting stronger and ever more powerful. That arrogance is part of the fuel that transforms a relatively normal but growing civilization into one with empirical aspirations, the wholehearted belief that they will remain relevant and in charge of the world prevents them from being objective in their analysis of their strengths and weaknesses. History shows that there are many common symptoms forewarning the end of an empire. Significantly, the following signs preceded the fall of the Roman Empire. Subjugation during the early parts of the Roman Empire, as many as one-third of the people in Rome were slaves. Slaves were people of all races, ages, and genders, mostly brought to the Roman Empire from the new lands its mighty war machine had conquered. Other slaves were bought from slave traders and pirates who captured people from foreign lands and brought them to Rome. Children of slaves also became slaves, and sometimes criminals were sold into slavery. A few people even sold themselves into slavery in order to pay their debts. When Rome's oppressed slave labor finally woke to the power within their numbers, the empire was rocked by a labor deficit. Aggression. The ancient Romans fought many battles and wars in order to expand and protect their empire. 
the regime became obsessed with power and as such would strive for dominance over their neighbors and promoting fear over their enemies. This over-involvement in the world constantly involved more and more corruption money going towards military control of its territorial possessions. There were also civil wars where Romans fought Romans in a ruthless power struggle for control, and its most influential wars may have been the ones it fought against itself. Importantly, the slaves of Rome banded together and rebelled several times during the history of ancient Rome. With many enemies rising up against the state, Rome struggled to marshal enough troops and resources to defend its frontiers from three major slave rebellions called the Servile Wars. Perhaps the most famous of these was the Third Servile War led by the gladiator Spartacus. Extortion. Even as Rome was under attack from outside forces, it was also crumbling from within thanks to a severe financial crisis. Monetary policy's first aim is and always has been to serve the needs of the rulers, not the ruled. Pay attention to that, people. In Imperial Rome, constant wars and overspending had significantly lightened the treasury's coffers and oppressive taxation and inflation had widened uh, the gap between rich and poor. In the hope of avoiding the taxmen, which levied taxes against land, homes, and other real estate, slaves, animals, personal items, and monetary wealth, many members of the wealthy classes had even fled to the countryside and set up independent fiefdoms. Price controls and quotas and extortion fees became increasingly burdensome and trade began to collapse, causing desperate food shortages. If you need information on these guys, go check out also uh, unifythepeople.ca. Again, unifythepeople.ca. They have tons of information there. And it's very, very verified. Diversion. The last days of the Roman Empire were marked by its moral decline. But in reality, it was the bread and circuses used by corrupt governments to placate a population that brought about the fall of the empire. Give them bread and circuses and they will never revolt. Juvenal, a poet in ancient Rome. People became and were encouraged to become more interested in being happy than in education and training or being confronted with inconvenient truths that would force them out of their comfort coma. Mm, does that remind you of this situation this year? Their primary need was amusement, and they were entirely satisfied to blindly follow whoever gave them a sense of protection and safety and played into their pleasure and wants regardless of the consequences. Oh, geez, does it sound familiar? Shippo? <laughs> yeah. Modern scholars like to proclaim that the Roman Empire did not fall, but instead referred to it as transformation. 
Call it whatever people want, but the modern Portuguese, Chinese, Spanish, Russian, and British empires all have many of the same things in common. They all collapsed over a period of time. They all had scapegoats for their kingdom's collapse, from natural disasters to disease epidemics. Peasant revolt against a corrupt ruling class, constant warfare among states and nations, economic troubles, or some combination thereof. None of their destruction was intentional or planned. So, what is that distinguishes the current crumbling of the American empire from all its predecessors? Drumroll. One crucial detail. The American empire is not dying naturally of man-made causes like most of the empires which went before. America has been rigged for demolition and the evidence is everywhere, from its internal crumbling due to a manipulated financial crisis to external attack because of the rise of the Eastern Empire. Its intentional destruction can be seen in the purposeful breakdown of the population's mental and physical health through mercury and aluminum-filled vaccines, hard street drugs, big pharma drugs, cigarettes and alcohol, silent EMF pollution, toxic chemtrails, fluoride in the drinking water, poisonous GMO food, radioactive body scanners at the airports, poor nutrition, emotional stress, financial instability, political uncertainty, and societal disconnection. It is carefully hidden behind a constant barrage of disinformation aimed at disguising the Machiavellian false reality, manufactured to create a culture of helplessness, hopelessness, ambivalence, and blind acceptance. Basically, the sheep you see today who wear masks and try and make you feel bad for not wearing masks when masks cause millions of people panic attacks. And I am one of those people. So if you cared about my health, you wouldn't be wearing masks, especially when they're completely unnecessary and dangerous. Basically, they are feeding people bullshit and the people are swallowing with a smile. Yep, all of you. The term Rome is burning refers to the great fire of Rome on the night of 19th of July, 64 AD. This often goes hand in hand with fiddling while Rome burns, which means to take little to no productive action during a crisis. The phrase refers to the legend of the Roman Emperor Nero playing the Lear has Rome burned down. Speaking of classic history, interestingly, the word praetor in Latin doubles as money lender or judge, which the Praetorian Guard, Latin cohortes praetorie, was an elite unit of the Imperial Roman army whose members served as personal bodyguards and intelligence for the Roman emperors. In modern English, Praetorian means degenerate or evil. 
Yet, even Rome, with its cast of evil praetors and praetorians, emperors, philosophers, slaves and gladiators, could not dream up the intent to carefully originate three of the most devastating big lies the world has ever seen. On 11th September 2001, the 9-11 terror attack became a real test for the five exercise hijack events which North American Aerospace Defense Commons, or NORAD, practiced between November 1999 and October 2000, all of which included a suicide crash into a high-value target. The results were perfect, with no questions asked about the preceding identical coincidental scenario planning exercises. On the 7th of July 2005, the 77 London bombings perfectly mirrored the simulation of simultaneous attacks on an underground and mainline station and bombs going off precisely at the railway stations at which the actual bombings occurred. Do you think they're all cases, guys? Wake up, okay? On 15th of April 2013, the Boston Marathon bombing almost perfectly matched the role-play exercise called Urban Shield, in which investigators had to track down footage of the bombers caught by street surveillance cameras and the phones of witnesses, eerily similar to the police investigation that led to the capture of the alleged Boston Marathon bombers. So the real thing happened before we were able to execute, said a law enforcement official with direct knowledge of the planned exercise. We've already been tested. All in the name of practice for the biggest lie of all, the 2020 pandemic that would start world destruction. A lie so big that the human mind cannot comprehend its enormity and therefore refuse to. Hitler said it clearly. It would never come into their heads to fabricate colossal untruths and they would not believe that others could have the impotence to distort the truth so infamously. Even though the facts which prove this to be so may be brought clearly to their minds, they will still doubt and waver and will continue to think that there may be some other explanation. For the grossly impudent lie always leaves traces behind it, even after it has been nailed down, a fact which is known to all expert liars in this world and to all who conspire together in the art of lying. Adolf Hitler, Mein Kampf, Volume 1, Chapter 10. If you're wondering where that came from. However, for the biggest lie to work, the structure of the American empire has to be hollowed out from the inside by the rats and parasites until all it took to cave into the structure was one good kick 
to the front door for the whole place to come down. So that is what they did, repeatedly weakened the structure with a great big wrecking ball that destroyed swing by swing the economy swing, education swing, health swing, and freedom swing swing swing. But importantly, the United States government did not do it alone, and they did not do it over the course of 10 or 20 or 50 years. That's right, this has been going on for a lot longer, guys. So I'm 47 almost, and this has been going on a lot longer before I was born. The Roman Empire ruled for close to 1,500 years. The United States of America is less than 250 years old, yet its current rotten political landscape and festering problems have been orchestrated almost from the very beginning, right from that great moment in history when the Declaration of Independence was signed in 1776. So, if a planned functional obsolence of the American empire is true, what does it say about the people running the show? And what are the implications for the future of the nation? <laughs> what do you think, guys? The secret order of power and profit. Or, if one is looking for something a bit more familiar, the new world order. Drum roll. One of the signs of an empire that is due for destruction is government corruption. And who is ultimately the masters of all beings everywhere in the world? They typically operate under the guise of your friendly neighborhood senate or parliament, but in reality, the true ruling party is a combination of oligarchs, plutocrats, and kleptocrats taking control of the government. In plain language, the illuminated old elite and new billionaires who control and operate the United Nations of the world, the central banks, the military, and the corporations, and have been doing so for hundreds of years. People need to get really honest with themselves about who is running the show in America and virtually every other country in the world. It is not the federal government or parliament or house of whatever, although they all have a role to play. Be clear in this. It is not Donald Trump, though he fantasizes about leading the charge on a white horse that really brings out the orange in his skin. It's true. The real stars of the show are the corporations and the military information, terror complex, and they are driving the world off a cliff like they were Thelma and Louise in a red convertible. They are in the UN, the church, and the who. They sit on thrones and boards and wait for their rings to be kissed in homage and awe. Oh. Some call them controllers. These controllers have used to the old system of election processes to get a foothold in governments all over the world, 
then finance the candidates that could rig the system from the inside. For instance, America's Citizens United, that allowed the internal mechanism to be permanently rewired in a way that benefits the companies with enough money to buy a voice. The more money, the louder the voice. Just like with prostitutes, do you see? Except prostitutes at least give you some kind of pleasure. Of course, along with some diseases sometimes, but hey. To refresh one's memory of the definition of bribery, the act of offering someone money or something valuable in order to persuade them to do something for you. They are not the front office politicians, but they have reset the rules of the election game to favor themselves, creating a feedback loop that uses the money to finance candidates with the ability to change laws. And actually, Dr. Shiva Ayura, he showed how they did it with their computer programming. And he explains that on his stream. So doc, go check out Dr. Shiva. The challenges to these laws then create more power, which in turn allows for even more money to be made. Take America as an example. Much like the housing market in a city like Los Angeles, at some point, the home prices rise to a level that creates a major separation and people are either in as owners or they are out as renters for good. The same has happened in Washington District of Criminals, or DC, where those with money have rigged the system in a way that locks out the vast majority of the American people. They no longer have a say in what happens in their government, leaving them in a position of hoping that someone with money happens to want the same thing they want and has financed a candidate in their district to try and make that happen. This is for all of you sheep who think the USA is the best place to be. You are really sleeping. Wake the fuck up. They have essentially been relegated to wishing for good luck. That is the state of America these days. The rest of the world is not looking much better. No, it's not. The multinational corporations and the military information terror complex boast about the coming digital age that will bring the world together while they rekey the locks so that the American people will be forever outside of their government, looking in the window while trying to wiggle their old key in the door and wondering why it is no longer fitting. So America has lit the fuse on its own destruction through the arrangement it has built linking the federal government with these two destructive entities and their funding mechanism, the private Federal Reserve Central Bank. So wake up. Humanity is being shackled to the slave masters by their own indebtedness. When people have used up all their monopoly money from their stimulus checks and business rescue and mortgage deferrals, they will have to pay back. And when they cannot do so, they will be a debt slave, forever bound to their liege lord in the labor bondage contract they signed when they accepted 
their totalitarian control over their body, their mind, and their freedom. Except the contract is really void, guys, because it was signed under false pretenses. So be aware of this. The only reason why this keeps going on is because most of you people in the world have still to wake up to the truth and say no to the masks, no to their bullshit, they're all fire, we're taking over, problem solved. Take back the world, it's not that hard. They work for us, we pay for them through taxes. So they work for us, not the other way around. Remember this. So brace yourselves, the American empire is over and the descent is going to be horrifying. Chris Edges, Pulitzer Prize winning journal, first, the world as it is. Crash! So famously at a UN dinner in 1994, David Rockefeller said, we are on the verge of a global transformation. All we need is the right major crisis. So guys, wake the hell up. Because it is easy to imagine these masters of men, the most powerful and richest people in the world, plotting the day that changed America over a soup con of rich French cognac and fat Cuban cigars. It all started with the Department of Offense, slyly named the Department of Defense. <laughs> as with all things today, Orwellian doublespeak is everywhere. As far as the United States is concerned, foreign countries must submit themselves fully to Washington if they wish for their governmental structure to remain intact. Some have described this as a sort of vassal state or a country that gives the appearance of retaining their independence while actually functioning as a captured satellite of the American empire. The terms of this arrangement are rather clear and to the point. Do what the empire demands. Vote the way they tell the country to vote and allow for all sorts of one-sided concessions or else the country will be painted as an emerging world political problem through the control and manipulation of their corporate media and dealt with accordingly. <laughs> Rogue states from the point of view of the American empire, they make it through the gauntlet of bad publicity, verbal attacks, criminal accusations, and blatant lies, then face the next phase, which features physical control through the destabilization of their economy, the intentional dismantling of their established political structure, and the omnipotent threat and the eventual emergence of a West-backed political rival. The message is clear, bow to Washington's demands, or you will be replaced, bent to their will, or be broken in two. For those considering the devil's bargain, they must come to understand that they can either do it the easy way or the hard way, with an almost unlimited variety of hard ways on the drawing board. In South America, they have a term for this sort of deal. Pleta o plomo, silver or lead. Take the bribe or they take your life. It is really that simple. And a failure to comprehend the lengths that the American government will go to in order to maintain their feeling grip on world power is done so at one's own risk. 
Author John Perkins explained the game in which he stepped in on behalf of his corporate bosses to offer the silver in exchange for their cooperation. He also explained what happened when those in position of power turned their backs on the bribes and how the jackals went about delivering the lead in the form of very messy plane crashes involving General Torrijos in Panama, as well as the former president of Ecuador, Jamie Rodles, two leaders that were dismissive of the demands of the corporatocracy and met similar fates over the course of a few months in 1981. The goal is empire building. The cover had always been spreading democracy, but the new term is humanitarian interventions. E1 very time the term humanitarian intervention is pushed through the control media. What they really mean is empire building. And we're gonna stop here and we're gonna continue this in the next episode, which will be episode number three. Enjoy the fun time, because until you all wake up, guys, they're gonna keep trying to shove their bullshit on all of us sovereigns of the world.